0: Thank Welcome into Animan Plus episode 81 on Offslight with Sparky3. Hope you have an incredible day. Whatever day you are listening or watching this wonderful podcast over at youtube.com forward slash Sparky3, give us a like on this video, subscribe to the channel, be a friend, tell a friend. Uh, Join me as always, I got Zach. I got Zach here in studio, which it's been a couple episodes now since you've been in your studio for Animan Plus. How you doing? How you feeling? I'm doing good. I'm trying to
1: think now. Has it been? I mean, yeah, cuz we last well,
0: week. Well, we did the bonus episode, and that's why I said couple episodes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
1: Well, that bonus episode's still in the ether, so.
0: Yeah, it is. And hopefully I'll actually edit it, like I said in the episode. <laughs> 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 but yeah, how you doing? How you feeling? I'm doing good. I'm
1: I mean, we're getting through summer. We're almost, I mean, this is still our nice period. Then we're going to hit October and we're just going to be fucked.
0: Yeah, it's going to be October is going to be rough and you know, looking at what we have on the script now, like, you made this, you point this out before we started, where you're just like, and you were worried about what you are going to watch in summer. I mean, you were. I was, and I feel like I had legitimate worry. You know, I did. You know, I didn't know what I was going to watch, but, because the reason I'm saying that because we actually have another show added to the lineup this week. Uh, the first episode just came out uh, yesterday, I think is what it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, Futo P.I., uh, which is, I now have come to find out, is also already a series. Uh, it's a live action series as well as oh. like a manga, so it's it's and I noticed like I went so into, it's getting
1: the triple treat. Huh?
0: Listen, I went into this fully blind. I just saw new show episode one. Sure, let's click it. Did no previous research, so like a minute in, I see w- like one particular character in like a, a certain outfit, and I'm just like, that's a fucking Kamen Rider, isn't it? Sure as shit, that's what it is. It's 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 a Kamen Rider series. Oh. Yeah,
1: so it's the police. So it's the police of the Kamen Rider
0: universe. Yes, exactly. <laughs>
1: oh God. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Those poor bastards. Yeah,
0: you know it already had its live action show and everything. Anyway, gonna <laughs> chat about that. Uh, got classroom, the uh, classroom of the elite season two. Now in the lineup, I have I, I went through all of season one, had a good time there. Uh, then of course, still have just like the course recoil and a girlfriend overlord summertime and meme quest. I'm sorry, Zach. Nah. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you could, though, go check out some Rogue Energy. Uh, use a referral link down below. Promo code SPARKY3 to get 10% off. We'd appreciate that support. As well as go to our website, sparky3.com. You can sign up for free or sign up for 5 bucks a month. Uh, keep in mind with the website, like all like extra videos we post up on the channel will always be available for early access on the website, such as the one that I put up this past week involving a mortal weakling. Uh, the new series that kicked off on July 14th in Webtoon, a very My Hero Academia-ish vibes. If you have not seen that video yet, I uh, definitely recommend it. If you are a die-hard My Hero fan, Mortal Weekland might be a series for you to check out. Uh, and of course, go follow us over at Twitter at MN Podcast. We'd appreciate that. Uh, I think that's everything that we need to run through. I'll start turning on the music. I mean, that sounds about right. Yep. Yep. Uh, yeah, seriously, go check out Immortal Weekly video. I'd appreciate that. Oh, shout out to the Josh Pillow, of course. He is on the screen with us right now. Shout, yep. shout out Josh Pillow. <laughs> Josh, how you doing? Awesome. All right. Yeah, fantastic.
1: You know, it's funny you say that because i uh, Crunchyroll today. I looked up. I started watching a series called The Daily Life of the Immortal King, which I assume they got through Funimation. I could be wrong. I didn't really dive too deep into it. But it threw me off because it started and it did a animation studio and stuff logo. So I went, I don't recognize those studios. And then the series started, and it was in Chinese with subs. I went, I forget there's Chinese animation studios. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing against Chinese animation studios, because first off, I've watched a couple episodes, and it's it's really clean and everything. It's just with it's the... It's not as common. It's not as common, yeah. and with the sources, the legal sources uh, we have to use to watch anime and stuff, you don't get to see a lot of the Chinese series. But I should have figured, because it's a cultivator... Series because, like, the first shot after it gets through all the logos and studios and everything is literally somebody in a, a plane. Which it, I don't know how much cultivator stuff you read or watched. One of the things is cultivators, once they get to a fort, will r- fly around on their swords, and it's a plane that's made in the shape of a sword. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, so it like, Asta?
1: No, we're talking like <laughs>
0: oh, an more... actual plane like an actual okay, plane okay. that's been
1: shaped and modeled into the frame of a sword, like a regular saber sword.
0: <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Yeah. All right, well, hopefully you had a good time with that.
1: I mean, it's it's in the level, it's in the range of um, Saitama because the main MC, he's just wanting to coast, <laughs> and he gives no fucks. <laughs> right. Because the first episode is literally the shots of oh this big great demon king showed up and was destroying the city and there was a group of um, I forget what they call them now but uh, hunters or whatever their equivalent is trying to take it down and he's just a small little kid everyone's running away he's just walking to the gro- walking to the corner store gets himself some some uh, package of chip noodles or something like that and in the middle of it he's just like the guy sees he's in danger like kid he saves the kid he drops a snack, the frog thing crushes it, and it goes on the whole stuff for the rest of the episode only to reveal the frog got taken, has been sealed and got taken down by the kid. He was like an eight-year-old at the time. He just, the dude's about to get died and everything, and the frog's like, ah, snack has shown itself. Fucking kicks in the fucking jaw. It flips backwards like, I don't like being interrupted with my snacks. <laughs> and carries the fuck on. <laughs>
0: I respect that. I don't want to be interrupted with my snacks either. <laughs> All right, before we jump into stuff, let's shout out some things, uh, of course. Uh, so, did get confirmed that High IQ Season 5 is happening. So, shout out to that. Which also, I feel like it's a, a perfect timing sort of situation because uh, Zach and I just did a uh, bonus episode. Yes. Uh, it'll be a normal numbered episode, but we have a couple weeks here uh, coming up very soon that we need to uh, take off those weeks, but we still want to put out episodes. So, one of the episodes we put out was uh, Big 3, Big 5 uh, that we were going to put out as, as Big 3, Big 5 per decade. And I will say, High definitely was brought up in that conversation.
1: You know, it's interesting to see this because we're getting High Season 5 and then Prince of Tennis Season whatever, I think it's technically Season 2, um, is going right now too. So nice to see that the bigger sports animes or, or series are coming back.
0: Another one that we also talked about in that video as no surprise getting its anime confirmed. Kaiju number eight. Yep. Yeah, baby. It's Tom. It's Tom. The prediction that I made like a year ago. Well, a year or two ago. Div, yeah. I'm going to pull that up, that fucking clip if I have to. It won't be hard to find because it was literally one of our preview clips. Yes. Shout out to shout out when we used to do preview clips. Um, I'm going to pull that back up when Kaiju number eight is a smashing success. Pull that up. Uh, we do have um, Control Expo starting tomorrow.
1: Oh, that is tomorrow, isn't that it? That
0: is tomorrow, so lots of information should be coming out of there, most notably with Chainsaw Man, so uh, we're going to have to keep an eye on that one going into next week. Uh, I did also see with Chainsaw Man how they're holding like a special event uh, on September 19th uh, to crim- uh, to celebrate the upcoming anime, right? But it's like a top-secret thing, and only 10 people are allowed in there. What? Yeah, 10 people are invited to it. What? Yeah. Where? Wherever this is, what it, all, all it literally says a total of 10 people will only be invited and will have top secret information revealed. Hmm. I don't know what the hell that could be. I hate y'all, yeah, right. Uh, series that you're reading, Akani Banashi's doing very well. Shout out to that. First volume recommended by Oda, second volume recommended by Neon Genesis creator. It's apparently, third volume's got someone else lined up. And, uh, you know, there was also the news where Undead Unlocked is getting its anime. We already knew about Mashal. We know about me and Robico. Sakamoto had a lot of buzz this week. No official announcement. No official announcement. We know it's coming, though. I mean, we know it is. And I saw uh, one of the pages that I follow say, (laughs) at this rate, it's it's like, at this rate, Akane Banashi is going to get an anime adaptation before Yozakura Family. Moment of silence for Yozakura Family anime. Moments pass.
1: You sent me that, and my response was Is this your AMA group you go to every week?
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, the core family will get an anime. Okay. Let me, let me, let me stress that it will. It, it's reached its, it's reached its point in its life, and it's like, its popularity of the sales that it has gotten where it will get an anime. But it's just like, at, because it's on like the lower end of popularity, it'll probably just be when the series is done.
1: Because isn't Ayakashi Triangle also getting an anime? Oh, yeah, way?
0: yeah, that one is too. Yeah, that's that, another one that, that started fan
1: service series that yeah, it
0: is. Yeah, mega, mega fan service. That You know that one's going to pop off online. I might watch it, we'll see. <laughs> 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 oh, oh, and then um, second live action for movie for Tokyo Avengers is happening. I still need to watch the first one. Still need to watch the first one.
1: Yeah, we got a link posted in one of our Discord somewhere.
0: Yeah, if that link still works. You can still find it at that website, but that exact link may not work anymore. Oh, gotcha. Uh, but yeah, the web it's the same website that I use for summertime rendering uh does have um, you know, the the live action movie and I've been meaning to sit down and watch it one day. Maybe we maybe we could watch it one night. We'll pop it up on Discord. Sounds Yeah, we'll do something like that. Uh, I guess with that, I don't got anything else. You got anything?
1: Um
0: I don't think so. Okay. Lots of big news this week. Yeah. Legit. Like, lots of big news this week of, like, you know, Sakamoto Days leaking, Undead Unluck. Um, to
1: be fair, yeah, because I know uh, one of the channels I follow, they've been posting up a lot of new trailers for animes this past week. Yeah.
0: And, and which Watch is probably going to get one at some point, too.
1: You know, I always look at it every week and go, <laughs> I could
0: check in, see where it is. <laughs> see if it remembered it had its plot.
1: And then every time I do, I'll go... But I don't want to be dragged back in.
0: <laughs> right. That's why I'm just avoiding it. You know, we know Lose Samurai will get one at some point. Hopefully. That one, I feel like, will probably get its anime when the series is done, because I don't think it's going to be a long run.
1: No, it already feels like it's getting close to the wrap-up already. Which
0: I want to say, like, when the series started, it was, like, open and acknowledged, hey, this will not be a very yeah, long run. Yeah, I remember run. us
1: talking about, they were very much stated that this is not going to be a long-run series, probably right? Probably, like, 100 chapters. Yeah, we're yeah. aiming for about 100 <laughs>
0: Yeah, so that one will get its anime when the series is just done. It'll probably be like a twenty-four episode season or something, probably. Like, you know, a show. But anyway, let's jump into stuff. Um, you know, I'll, I'll start because we got the new show for the lineup this week. Uh, just kicked off, so I'll I'll kick off with that, I guess, and we'll jump into everything else. Uh, Futo Pi, um, you know, which uh is like I already said, like a, a you know common writer series. It's already got its own live action show and all that stuff, right? Um, you know, it's got a manga for it and everything. So I will say I feel like this is going to be a show that you would enjoy just because of like the main characters. Uh, I mean, the fact that it's apparently
1: the police of the Common Rider universe, and knowing what Common Rider is, and what we got from Common Rider during our childhood, I'm just like, as I have stated before, those poor bastards.
0: Yeah. <laughs> No, I definitely think it would be a show that you would particularly enjoy. Uh, just because, like, right out of the gates, right? Well, okay, let me, let me stress this. Not right out of the because right out of the gate, you get, like a, like, a flashback sort of sequence of, like, our main character's father, who was, like, the common Rider, and how he died and passed on his hat to his son. His son had a no moment, and then it brings us to the present, where it has our main character, who I got it pulled up here, so I'd at least get his name right this time. Shotoro Hidori hey, got his name. Boom. But that's the house that we pulled up. Anyway. Right. Anyway, Shatoru, Um, you know, he's at like a pier, you know, he's like in his detective outfit, whatever. And he pulls out his phone, takes a selfie, sends it to someone. That someone calls him, starts yelling at him. It's his sister, and she's like, you know, why? What are you doing? Why are you wasting time? To-? He's like, but don't I don't I just look like super hard boiled? Like it's just like like his personality where he wants to look super cool and everything. I feel like it's something that you would appreciate in, right. in, a, in a character. Uh, when he, you know, uh, that you know, detective agency is the whole mentality behind this show. You know, our main character running the detective agent. His father was a great detective, etc um you know so you know at this first sequence it's like hey we got a client on the way get your bass back over here and then you know as he's about to leave he sees this this woman who's like like unbelievably gorgeous he's like you know like you know, yeah geared up to <laughs> like try to talk to her you know he's like Whoa, oh, i got this i got this tries talking to her they say a couple things and like she goes like passing whatever he goes to turn around and she's just gone it's just like all right that was kind of weird anyway so goes and uh, gets to meet the client uh, the client talked about how there was a woman who, like, stole his bag, which was, like, full of cash, but he wasn't really worried about the cash as much, but more so the bag. The what? bag bag really means a lot to him, but he also really wasn't worried about the cash as much because he, he, it's love at first sight. He loves this woman. It happens to be the same woman. You know, the detective immediately starts to kind of dial it in where he kind of figures it out where it's like... Yeah, it sounds like she's the right woman. Like he he tried chasing her after a bag got stolen. And when you went down an alley and she was just gone, the alley was a dead end. So it's just like, same thing that happened to Shatora when he, when he bumped into her, she's just gone. You know, she's known as like the angel or whatever. Angel of something is whatever, how that she's being referred to as. Okay. So basically, you know, you get a quick introduction to his partner. Uh, you don't get to actually see him. Cause he's like chilling behind, like, uh, like some curtains, like sleeping, like, you know, just vibing. He's just like, Hey, do you want my help? No, I got this. Are you sure you don't want my help? I got this. <laughs> it's like, don't need your help this time, bud. Appreciate it though. So we we'll go, we we'll pretty much go through the rest of the episode and, and like the thing that's going to be very interesting about this show, it, you know, it, it is taking place in like a fictional setting. Um, you know, basically it's a fictional setting of Chicago, uh, okay. Because uh, the Futo part—that is the name of the city—but it is called the Windy City Futo, so it's basically a fictional Chicago. Gotcha. so that'll be kind of cool. Uh, but like, this show is going to be a trip. Like, that's going to be the big thing: is this show is going to be extremely wacky. With what the hell is happening in this series? So like you know, he starts his detective work. He starts asking around, whatever, trying to deter- figure out like maybe anything about this woman that he can. He ends up he ends up finding her because she's essentially like homeless and like one way or another, you know, he ends up finding her just her, you know, completely naked out in public, washing herself at a at a fountain in the middle of a park.
1: Oh, all right, okay,
0: yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, he ends up finding her and everything. And they start like a big. Ch- they end up starting like a big chase and shit. And, you know, and that's when he finds out that, like, you know, how she disappears is because, like, she can, like, run on air. <laughs> she can fly. Is it, like, so what well, you're telling me this Chase just leads to a negative woman running through the sky? She, well, she ends up getting dressed. They, okay, they, thank they, God. They, yeah, they try to talk. They try to talk it out kind of thing. But, no, like, you know, with this Chase, like, she's literally running through the air. He gets on his bike. He's being a badass in the bike. Really cool animation. Very cool uh, scenes there of him running, you know, of what he's doing all on his bike and everything. Uh, you know, just the same thing at the beginning of the show where it's like, the, you know, cause the, when you saw, like, you could see the dad die, there was like some quick moments of action happening of the common Rider fighting enemies. Very beautiful animation. Very, very impressed with the animation, which by the same studio that did your show, Skeleton Knight. Yeah. So shout out to that, shout out to that. Um, but you know, he ends up losing her naturally cause she, this woman is literally flying uh, he ends up managing to find her again. This time, with the guy, because the guy, like, even though she stole a stupid amount of money, he's just like, "I'm not even worried about the money. I just want my bag back. I want a chance to talk to her. You know, maybe try to steer her back away from away because she's like so beautiful, and he's in love with her, and this and that. Love at first sight. Stupid. Is he a vampire? No, no, he's not. He's just an idiot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> legit, that's what he is. He's an idiot. Um, so. You know the one of the next chase sequences that we have is like he's chasing her, and then all of a sudden, um, you know, Shatoro just like goes from wherever he's running at, like in an alleyway or whatever, to just like in front, like in, all of a sudden he's inside of a building, and he's just like, "What the? Fu- how the fuck?" And he bumped into like some like like some mob members and everything as well, where there's like you're not supposed to fucking be here, or, or you know, it's magic shit's happening, yeah. some some weird you know, fugazi stuffs going on right now. Um, and the same thing, like when uh, he they find her again, and they they're both chasing her. Like the the random guy, uh, he he attempts to chase her. He's kind of out of shape, but he tries.
1: This just sounds like a really weird game. Of where's Carmen San Diego?
0: Basically, yeah. okay, yeah, because like whenever they start the next chasing, that's when it's just like. They basically go to like an alternate dimension. It's like everything is all sorts of fucked up. Everything is all sorts of weird. Shit's attacking them and everything. It's it's a wild show. I don't remember
1: Common Rider having magic, but okay.
0: It's gonna like I don't. I wouldn't necessarily say magic is the right word. I'm not sure what the right word is. Okay. You know because they haven't given us the right word. Uh, but it just gets very very strange. Like basically walking this another dimension. You know, like I said. Shit starts attacking him. Very weird area. They end up managed to get out. Um, you know, uh Shatoro's in a position where he is basically about to get fucked. You know, he said, you know, he's very athletic. He's very, you know, a very athletic bill, and he's like dodging a bunch of shit, blah, blah. But there's like then it comes to a point where there's stuff that he's not gonna be able to dodge, and then that's when his partner comes in and saves the day. Cause his partner kept bugging him throughout the whole episode. Like, you know, at the beginning where he's like, You sure you don't want my help? No, nah, I got it. You know, Shortoro leaves, whatever. He gets a phone call later, and his partner's just like you know, I'm pretty sure you're gonna need my help on this one. I'm just saying. You know, like I'm. So is this partner a precog? Is it partner what? A precog? No. Okay. No. You know what a precog is? No.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's why I was gonna say
0: no and keep it moving. <laughs>
1: a precognitive person, so someone who can see the future, clairvoyant. No. Okay.
0: No. No. Yeah, no, he's just very smart, and just by looking at the case and like looking at general details, he can. He can come down to a point where he's like, "Yeah, my help's probably gonna be needed." Okay. Um, you know, he, he ends up coming in and you know saving, you know Shaturo. He's just like, "Hey, you know, sorry, man. I know you want to be nice and like hard boiled and everything, and I don't want you know want to rain on your parade, but I really feel like you need my help on this. So I'm gonna jump into this case, whether you want it or not." And like saying all that, they're not on bad terms at all. Like. At all, like they are like best bros, best buds. You know, it's just Chitoro, He wants to be hard boiled and do everything that himself. You know, because like you know, once Chitoro you know starts to stand up, he's like, "You are right. We are two halves of one detective." They have like a nice little like a little bro thing going on. <laughs> yeah, you know, they start walking away. They, I don't remember. There might have been a, an explosion behind them. I don't remember. Uh, you know, the the partner's name is named Philip. So that one's easy to remember, thankfully. Uh, he's also voiced by Shigaraki's voice actor, which is very—that's weird, very jarring for me. Yeah, because like as soon as I heard him, I'm like Shigaraki, <laughs> like what? This was the alternate universe. If
1: Shigaraki had not killed his family and just never developed yep. powers, he would have become a private
0: detective. Yep, exactly, <laughs> exactly. No, I mean the first episode was very entertaining. I know my normal explain. Oh, never shit! I think does. I just
1: threw out a big spoiler. Oh no, it's been animated. Never mind, I'm good.
0: Oh. <laughs> Wait, a big spoiler for what?
1: I thought it was because I threw out the Shigaraki, killed all his, his parents. I was like, oh, oh, shit. I was like, oh, shit, that's a spoiler. Yeah, went, it's no. animated. No, I'm uh, good. You're,
0: yeah, you're good. You're good. That, one, that one's done. That one's yes. done. That one's done. No no accidental spoils today. <laughs> hey, look on the bright side. You'll never be as bad as Josh and I. Look on the bright side. Literally first episode of it. I don't know what a- you're talking about. I know. It's gone. It's it's up in here though. <laughs> First episode of Animan, Man or Man, not Animan Man Plus. We jump into this thing five minutes in, starts just like from literally the end of the fucking manga, starts spooling Demon Slayer. That's a great way to start a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but no, Futo PI is gonna be a very interesting ride. You know what I mean? Like the bromance between the two characters, like just how there is no, in my opinion, like set. World necessarily like okay. it's very clearly like we're gonna be jumping into a lot of weird shit between this character who is essentially a like you know she described herself as a witch is how she described herself mm-hmm. the alternate dimension shit that happened and then also just like you know this is a, you know common rider series so like they're gonna be able to turn into a common rider at some point I mean it's literally shown in the first like two minutes and also looking up uh, the actual show uh, apparently it's called common rider uh, double. It's where, because like the moment I saw it, the moment I saw it in those first few minutes, the first thing I thought of was like one of the uh, the latest seasons of uh, Power Rangers, mm-hmm. um, or no, I don't even think it, I don't even it may have not even become a Power Ranger. I think it may have just been Super Sentai only, where there was one Ranger who's like literally split down the middle and these two different colors because that's what it looks like. I mean, I've got it pulled up here, okay, for you to see, like you know, he like split yeah, down the middle, green and black, yeah. But uh, that's who apparently they uh, they become. I don't know how they become it together, but they do. Because okay. that's how the website has it listed. So we'll see what happens. And, you know, they, they might have be able to see that. I mean, my monitor's kind of in my camera I'm shot.
1: very curious what that live action is now. Because that live action just sounds like it would, should be very entertaining.
0: I've, well, uh, you know, it probably would. Most Super Sentais are. They're very over the top. Yes. They're like Power Rangers watchers and fans. They don't understand.
1: There's Bollywood. And they're Sentai.
0: <laughs> basically yeah they don't get it but no futo Pi it's gonna be an interesting ride that's the main thing but it's also gonna be one of those things that um we'll see if it uh makes it every week for me <laughs> okay I mean I enjoyed the first episode but uh, you know we'll just see where it goes from here uh with that said how is overlord uh episode five of season four
1: so overlord we we're, we're trying starting to start get into the one Of the first main things of the episode or this season, I should say, um, because so there's always a fun thing with Overlord and just how our MC, whose original name I don't remember if it was ever stated even in like the first episode, but he just became Einzel Gone, Gone, and everything, and he goes about all his plans and whatnot with all the uh floor leaders becoming his subordinates, well, being over-the-top subordinates. We had some nice little moments with, originally, with at first, uh, Albedo and Deming Yugis. he's got a demon-like name, I can never say it properly, are talking and talking about how Ainz's plans and whatnot, and just <laughs> how Ainz does things, and all his people interpret it differently, because they put him on a pedestal, so he can't do wrong. Mm. And just how just consistently in the series and just through the story, it just nonchalantly goes, yeah, he just does things and it just stumbles around in the right direction for him. And it's just the thing of, that's not what I intended, but okay. Because the whole thing with the previous episode where the Empire decides they want to become a vassal state, Albedo's talking to him, she's like, I don't think... Lord Aynes was satisfied with your plans. What do you mean? Well, was there ever an option which would have turned the Empire into a vassal state? He's like, well, of course, but it would have required Aynes to do stuff and it would have taken a month. And I can't, as a servant, ask ask the Supreme One to do something like that. She hands him a document. They've asked to become a vassal state. It took him three days. (laughs) 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 And he's just like, my word, what would would he want with an incompetent like me? (laughs) (laughs) And it's just this, it's just a great thing of just all his people just putting him on this pedestal of what he does things and it just happens to do other things. They're just like, Right. And just, because there's even a moment because he's going towards the Dwarven kingdom because he learned about runes and that the dwarves did runes so he's wanting to get the rune technology from the dwarves. He goes to the lizard people he conquered back in season two because one of them had been with the Dwarven kingdom at one point, wanted him to lead him. And it was a whole moment with Cocutus one of his other leaders, who's there supervising the lizard people and everything here. He's just like, while they're having this conversation, he's just like, Lord Ions, if you're going to have a long conversation, you should, sit, you should sit down comfortably. And he's just like, okay, sure, we can do that. And cocutus just gets on the stage, bows down. He's just like, Cocutus, what are you doing? Use me as a chair, Your Majesty. I'm just, he's just like, uh. He's like, Shalter said you sat on her one time. He's like, that was a punishment to her. He's like, yes, but one of my people was being rude to you. So this could be a punishment. He's just like, fine,
0: whatever. That's like a step on me mentality. Yes. And that's how all his people just about feel.
1: Please step on me. Because he sits on him and he's just like, do you feel comfortable, sir? He's like, who was a better chair, me or Shaltier? He's like,
0: why do you want to know that? It's like, why is that important? It's important to me. He's just like, well, that's literally (laughs) what he says. He's like, it
1: needs to be important so I know I I can be comfortable for the one who's to ride me in the future. Oh. And he's just like, what is Overlord? (laughs) Well, the thing with Overlord is like, so it's a standard, the game, it was a game originally, and the servers were supposed to shut down, and Aynes will go on, was had made a had became the leader of this big old guild who was focusedly monster races. They purposely were all monster races, made this big old dungeon for human players to come conquer and whatnot. And just they put tons of time into it a whole summer and made this gigantic guild and labyrinth and everything. And just he was celebrating the game as it was shutting down. It's the last time he was gonna stay with it until the very last second. Server shut down instead of shutting down his soul or consciousness or whatever. Was left in the game and was teleported to this other world. Along with that, all the NPCs and whatnot that the people had created his guild, all have settings like the NPCs they all created and set up the AIs. Like the AI, the, like the NPC created for this game would be absolutely insane. If we ever had a game with it, people would have such insane builds and characters because it's like to the finest detail describing how this AI and character should look or act. And thus leads to all of our characters being really weird because of the 20 members who all made characters. They all made slight weird things about their characters. Like Albedo, for anyone who doesn't know, she was originally supposed to be a straight up slut. Like she was supposed to go around and just literally fuck anyone who came around. But because of one little saying he changed before the service, she became overly in love with him. So instead of just going and find any guy, she now solely... Looked at Aynes hmm. and everything, like even Aynes has made one character who was, who's the guard to their treasury, and he's a super edge lord. <laughs> His character is super cringe, um, but yeah. So all the leaders have weird traits, but carrying on, he goes to the Dwarven Kingdom and all this fun stuff, and finds a dwarf who can rune, who can do runes and whatnot. Wants to recruit him. Is going to go to the other Dwarven Kingdom where people move to. The creatures, the demi humans that had attacked and forced the Dorvan Kingdom to uh, move, anyways, came out. Shalt- he tells Shaltir to go and capture them. She just high tears it and just captures them all in moments and everything without killing them. Then interrogates them to learn that um, they're apparently moving to attack the Dorvan Kingdom and destroy it because they found a way to get past the fort, this big old fortress. You now they're gonna they're in the process of literally going into destroy the kingdom, and they were sent there to attack anyone who managed to escape to this old haven And the dwarves was like, but what? How could they do that? And Nines is sort of just chilling like, I mean, if we're going to do diplomatic relationship, I guess we can go save them. <laughs> but yeah, I'm looking forward to it because the Overlord's opening always really give a good show of everything that's going to happen. So there's several segments of all this stuff that's been doing with the kingdoms, the dwarven stuff. At some point, the Avengers, are, I assume, going to attack his city of Irantel and try and take it back because there's a nice little shot of some animat- anim- Artemantian-level adventure fighting one of his death knights. So we should get some very good action scenes here towards the l- second half.
0: Okay, okay. Uh, I guess next up uh, I can go to chorus Recoil, episode 5. This was actually a pretty interesting episode, I'm not going to lie. Actually, this is probably my favorite episode so far. So is the
1: series slowly getting you?
0: Slowly, yeah. I mean, it still has like a lot of the same elements that I was kind of worried about, or it's just like one wacky adventure after another. Mm -hmm. That was kind of my worry, but like there is still like there is still an overarching plot that is still there and referenced. It's not as bad as Witch Watch. I'll put it that way. Because Witch Watch (laughs) Stone Cold (laughs) forgets that it has a fucking plot. Stone Cold. When it remembers it has a plot, it's really good. Yes, it is. Yeah, but it forgets it has a plot all the time. So this show doesn't forget it has a plot. It's still there, but there's still also just, like, a lot of wacky adventures or whatever the case is, episode to episode. I mean, last episode, uh, for example, you know, they went to the the aquarium, you know, and dicked off and had a great time, which then created a, a gift that everyone was sharing on uh, you know on twitter of uh Takino, you know who's like uh, who I've compared before like the more like the Satsuna sort of character okay. so like a more serious you know yeah, not yeah. as bubbly as like just Ch- where like you know Takino went up to like the aquarium and like you know made you know did like a fish motion like just being cute shit right okay so like you know that you know there are moments like that in every episode but like this episode had a couple of interesting aspects about it um where it was kind of touched on Chesito's past okay. right because like there's a they're like there's there's this necklace that she has that represents a you know the place that she came from essentially and it doesn't dive into it a whole lot. I you know this will still come later but like the, the pieces that was addressed was like, oh that's very interesting where it's like I want to know more because like literally the episode starts off where like their new mission for the day is to um, basically escort this very high-ranking official whatever and just take him on a tour of Tokyo, right? So he comes in, and um, I, I, I feel terrible for forgetting this guy's name, but who's the guy? Who's like stuck in a wheelchair and communicates through like a Stephen Hawking? Thank you. I, the name just slips my mind all the time. Basically, this guy looks like that, right? Comes in in a wheelchair. He communicates via like a little computer on his on his wheelchair. He has okay. goggles. You can't see his eyes or anything. You know that that is how he, that is how this character looks, right? So they're going to escort him around Tokyo, give him a tour. They got a full like brochure and everything. It's all gonna be a great time, and uh, you know. As, like, they are going um, to leave, like, he makes a comment about, like, himself because, like, they uploaded the brochure into his little computer so he could see it kind of thing, you know? And, uh, you uh, you know, Jacinto makes a comment where they're kind of similar in a way. And when she does that, she makes like a heart, whatever. And then, you know, the guy's like, oh, so you have like a, you know, a pacemaker or whatever, whatever it's called. Yeah. Uh, and she's just like, oh, no, you know, and then ba- she basically, I don't remember her exact words, but she says that she doesn't have a heart. And then, you know, he's just like, oh, you, you know, you, oh, so you're in, you know, he said responds where you kind of understand what she's talking about. And he was like, did, did, what, what did she just say? She's like, all right, everyone, let's go. And she sits out, like walks out the guy, super bubbly, having a great time. And Takina's like, no, seriously, are we just going to ignore that she just said that? (laughs) 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 She's just like, come on, Takina. It's like, okay, whatever. It doesn't really get brought up. She is the tin man. Basically, doesn't really get brought up for a little bit. Like they're going on the tour, having a great time, and blah, 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 this, whatever. Um, You know, that's when you get introduced to, like, I guess the antagonist of the episode. Uh, which is uh, an assassin. I forgot. I forgot the name, but he is a well-known assassin. A silent assassin. I think it's actually. No, think about. It, I think his name's literally Silent Jin because he's literally no one even knows what he sounds like. No one's even heard his voice. You know, for, you know, for the people that he's ever like, you know, had, you know, encountered. In some capacity, it's like people that he's worked with. So, like this particular assassin is is trying to assassinate said higher up, whatever. Throughout this episode, or trying to reach him steadily, surely, you know, steadily but surely, whatever. Uh, there was that, there was a moment where like, you know, they were kind of chilling on a boat, you know, the higher up went, you know, inside the boat, not out in the heat, whatever. And Takina and uh was sitting there talking and then readdressed it where it's just like, Hey, what, about the, the no heart thing. And she's like, Oh yeah, I don't have a heart. You know, uh, you know, I always thought it was kind of weird that I didn't have a heartbeat, but now I think it's kind of cool, you know? So the reason she doesn't have a heart, we don't fully know other than the the little owl figurines uh, like, you know, necklace that she wears that organization is the ones that essentially, like, saved her life because of whatever happened with the heart. Gotcha. So it's something that we'll find out later. It was not addressed at all throughout the So episode. she's a
1: walking corpse.
0: Basically, yeah. So which is pretty interesting. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty interested in this fact, right? Uh, after that, we this is when we kind of start gearing up to, like, a lot of different action sequences with, like, the assassin and stuff like that, you know, trying to track them down. We find out from this higher-up official that, uh, you know, once he kind of figures out you know, because Chisito and Takino is trying to kind of keep it secretive that there's an assassin on him, you know? But, he, you know, he kind of figures it out. He's like, yeah, there's, there's there's an assassin on us, right? I bet it's, you know, it's Silent Jin. He killed my, he he murdered my wife and my children many years ago, and I couldn't <laughs> do anything about it. Shit. And now he's coming for my life, too. The reason I hired you here today for this Tokyo trip is I want you to personally kill Jin in front of me. <laughs> Yeah, because you know he can't, right? So
1: why does this series go so hard all of a sudden?
0: As <laughs> that's, that's that's the theme of this series, bro. That's the theme of this series, man. Um, so we're
1: gonna have a gunfight on the subway. Then we're gonna go shop for underwear.
0: <laughs> yes, exactly. 100%. Then we're gonna
1: then we're gonna tour around Tokyo with this VIP. This VIP just in the background. Yes, kill
0: this man. For Basically. Me. A million dollars. Basically, basically. You get a lot of shots of Takina and him duking it out and fighting. Uh, Chisito comes in and does Chisito things, you know, because she's a fucking badass, but still not using lethal bullets. You know, she still, she has no desire to kill anyone, Candy which... canes and rainbows. Basically. I mean, like, literally the bullets she fires off, like, sprays off red paint, so uh you know in even one of the higher up came up after like they they managed to take out Jin he's just like all right now kill him kill him in front of me i want him to die and she like sorry i don't i don't kill people and it kind of i and she kind of alluded that it goes back to the whole like organization thing that saved her life it kind of goes back to that where she doesn't want to take other people's lives cuz her lives was saved right so that that's kind of her mentality on things uh and then you know um so and all, it also gave some general like alluding to whatever organization like saved her life. Like the people that come from that organization are very like important people in some capacity. That's about the best I can tell you right now because it's still like we're gonna figure it out more. Gotcha. You know, because even the higher up said, you know, if you're the the children of whatever. You know, then you know you you can do this and this or whatever whatever he said. So he kind of alluded onto that. And then basically, as they have the conversation where it's like, "No, I'm not going to kill him. Sorry." Uh, the dude like dies. Like the assassin? No, the, oh. the, the like the higher up. He just like dies. Like there's there's no heartbeat. He just stops talking. Computer shuts off and everything. Uh, and then we come to find out that. The the body that you saw in that wheelchair the entire time was already dead, and it wasn't even this higher up. Uh, this high, the guy, the body was just some random guy that died at a hospital, and they took his body, put him in the chair, and put all the equipment on him. There was someone else, you know, the man behind the chair. They that- Ferris
1: Bueller, damn.
0: Basically, yeah, because even, like, you know, like, I guess, like, the potential, like, antagonist, whatever, is the way the vibe that it's set up for is it felt like an antagonist, like, all the only shot you got of him, the man who was actually, like, controlling, like, the computer and talking to the girls the whole time, he had that same owl on his uh, on his suit. That's the only shot that you got of him. Uh, and then the episode ended with more of like, I guess, general fan service that everyone is kind of coming to this series for. Did they at least recruit Silent Jen? No, they went in separate ways. <sighs> yeah, it's also when it came to Silent Jin, like the uh, the head the head guy of this shop that like it's, uh, it's like in charge of like Chisito and Takina. Him and Silent Jen were partners once upon a time. So like they have like they have like a little like you find this out at the end of the episode. Like I didn't I didn't forget to mention this. Um, so like they have like a little moment where they talk and then they go separate ways. Uh, but yeah, like the last shot of the episode was like, uh, like, like that fan service stuff that everyone, like I've seen personally, everyone hype up online, like the ship between Shizuto and Takina, whatever, because like when they were on the boat, like Takina, like, it's not like one of those things where like, there's a very visible interest between them, you know? But it's just, like, more so, like, Takina is just, like, oblivious, you know, to a lot of things. Like, she's very, like, straightforward. Like, whenever, you know, Jacinto said that she didn't have a heartbeat, Takina's first impression was to go in to grab her chest uh, because she wanted to feel and see for herself there's no heartbeat. And she's just like, I don't grab my chest in public. You know, don't do that. So at the end of the episode, you know, Jacinto's, like, laying down on a bed vibing. And then, you know, Takina, you know, lays her head on Jacinto's chest just for the sole purpose of, like, Oh, there really is no heartbeat. heartbeating. She so was like, "Yeah, it's cool, right?" <laughs> and that was how the episode ended. So I saw that, and I'm like, "Yeah, more fan service." For and people. there's
1: just a screenshot of them laying on each other. Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay, a
0: hundred percent. So I mean, the, I, I, I do the amount of hype that I've seen online for this series just based on that, like a ship between them two. Like that's literally the so hype so the for hype this is just
1: the fan service.
0: It's not even like when I when I say fan service, like there's not even actual fan service. You know what I mean? It's just like people like just really want these two to be shipped together. That's all it is. Okay. And I also want to stress, and I should have stressed this when I first started talking about the show, because I I knew about it, forgot about it, and then remembered it. Uh, You know, there is no, like, content to go based off of for this series. This is an original anime with a manga coming later. This is based like, a talk-op situation Ah. where the anime came first and the game's coming later. The game still hasn't come out yet, hopefully sometime. They're still getting updates for it on their Twitter. They're still putting videos up. That's about it at the moment. But that, that's the situation we're in for this. So it's not like you know we can refer to a manga and say, "Oh, look at that! They do get together." Oh no, they're just very good friends, you know. So that's that's one of the that's one of the big hypes behind this show. At least on Twitter, that's the hype that I see all the time on Twitter is the shit between these two.
1: Lloyd and Yor are very good friends.
0: Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, it was alright episode, though. Uh, Rent-A-Girlfriend, episode 15. Uh, this one is actually very quick. I can do this one very, very quickly. Was it
1: just a standard rom-com?
0: Yeah, basically. Uh, literally all it is is uh, Mizuhara's birthday is coming up. Uh, Yose- uh, Kazuya is freaking out the whole time, not knowing what to get her.
1: So we spend an episode going shopping for a gift that we eventually don't get, but we get something sentimental enough that
0: she accepts it anyways? More or less. I mean, he does get a gift. <laughs> He does get a gift, yes. But yeah, uh he doesn't know what to get. He's freaking out the whole time. So he hits up uh everyone's favorite uh shafted girl of Sumi uh to get her help. Uh Sumi is kind of in the same position as like uh can't remember her name. Uh who is the who is the third you know, the, the other girl in blue box, not the main character. Hina? Hina, thank you. Hina's Sum- not getting shafted though. She okay, we both know she's I mean going eventually to yes, but Hina right now, Hina's in the lead. <laughs> hey, Hina's not in the lead. Let's pump the brakes. We know that's not the case. Bullshit! <laughs> Bullshit to your bull. Anyway, off topic. So you know, Sumi is in that position where like she's super cute and everything, and she likes Kazuya, but she's super shy and will never say it. And she fully understands her position that Kazuya does not like her that like that. So she just like lets it be sort of thing. So that that's the position that Sumi's in. So you know, he 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 rents Sumi because we keep mind Sumi is a rent a girlfriend as well. You know, and, you know for this date and everything because he needs her help. Like, what would what would be a good birthday present for you know like me? Mizuhara or just a girl in general. Kasumi and Mizuhara are friends. That's, that's the episode. That is literally the episode. They go to a play. Uh, at this play, happens to be Mizuhara in it. It's like a Power Rangers play, so he didn't realize it at first gotcha. and, until like, the Pink Ranger talked. And cool. then he, he realized it was Mizuhara. So, you know, um, the gift that he got her was pickled plums because it's good for fatigue. Yeah.
1: I mean, that makes sense. It does, yeah.
0: So that, that was the whole episode. There you go. Uh, you know, back to the Sumi thing, though. Like, there was, uh, in this, you know, date that they were on, they went to a photo booth, whatever, and, you know, you, you see her cherishing all the photos they took. So back to the point of, like, she likes Kazuya, but she knows her place kind of thing. She knows that Kazuya does not like her. She knows Kazuya likes Mizuhara. So, like, it's it's, it's like a depressing thing where it's like, man, I feel for you, Sumi. <laughs> But uh, there you go. That's the episode. That is uh, renting a girlfriend this week. Uh, classroom of the Elite.
1: I didn't know Koji's a fucking savage.
0: That is true. <laughs> yeah, Ani Koji man, like, dude, the flip, the flip switched so quick with that last from episode. season one to yeah. season two. Dude, just the last two minutes of, ep- of the last episode of season one, like the flip switch where he's like, "I never saw you as an ally." I'm like. Damn. Okay, this is okay. We're about to get a a different take. uh, We're about to explore more on the character. All right, I'm here for this. And even in like the opening for season two, it's kind of really focused on that. Where it's like you see like the kid version of him, the normal version of Mm -hmm. him. Yeah, you like the shot at the end where he's wearing the mask and stuff. Like you're going to get to really explore where he's just like a a sick fuck in a lot of ways. Whatever
1: that place that we've referenced did to him and the other kids
0: fucked him up.
1: Because as far as we know, they killed off the rest of the kids.
0: That's my assumption, yes, is that all those kids are dead. That is a, a very safe assumption, I feel like.
1: And then his teacher, who's super shady, is just like, yeah, do this or I'm just going to expel you.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, basically. Uh, episode five, though, they're in the middle of the sports festival. Uh, and there's a traitor. Yeah, there is a traitor amongst the group, which Koji kind of already has it deducted who it is. Our
1: two faced girl.
0: Yeah, our two faced girl. Uh her name starts with a K, I think. Uh Kushida. That sounds right. That sounds close enough to be right. You know, we got some moments here in this episode uh where Ayanokoji like unleashed like his savage side where he just like um you know went to basically verbally attack um what's her name? Her Toki? The main girl. Oh, uh Her Toki, is that it? No. Oh,
1: Starts with an H, but I can't think of her name right now.
0: Anyway, went to go attack her. Essentially, it's just like you know, hey, you know, this is a good chance for you to get your own pet. You know, and just kind of just going off on her. You know, where it's just like, you know, you're weak as you are now. Like, you know, you know, basically saying that you cannot ascend to the heights that you want to get to. Yeah, it was honestly a pretty savage little conversation. Even
1: even in that conversation with like, use pseudo Ken like I use you and pieces out.
0: Yeah. That's exactly right, where it's just like, you know, use him like I use you. It's like, god damn,
1: man. Which He, he uses her all the time. It's just like, all these plans and when he comes up, and, and i was just like, so what happened? I don't know, she just told me to do it. And I'm just like, oh, she came up with that?
0: Yeah. Yeah, 100%, <laughs> totally.
1: <laughs> I love how he just subtly does it. He's just, no one questions it at this point. Yep. Even Hirata, who's who oh, has some sort of messed up thing that we got to see a bit at the end of season one with his camp. Mm-hmm. He has some weird mental issue. His now uh, tool girl, whose name I can't, who eludes me. The, the blonde. Yeah, the second popular girl who's sort of the leader of all the girls in the, the class. The one who's
0: got a bullying history. Yes. That bullying scene was very depressing. That was, that was uh, just like, I mean, it was rough. It was rough, is the best way to put it.
1: And here's I am, Koji, just something the rafters. Yeah, just
0: watching it all happen. Recording, yeah. recording.
1: All right, next time they do it, tell them you're gonna release this. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, no, very entertaining season because the Sports Festival has slowly been uh, going against them. Sudo had a lead, but as it slowly went on, Class C was targeting both Sudo and uh, main girl whose name eludes us at the moment and just Class C somehow got word of Class D's participation list, which is hinted at Kushida's the one who released it. Haven't got a confirmation, but Aino Koji has been very much hinting that, yeah, Kushida is against traitor against us. And he
0: flat out called her out on it, too. And he she, didn't. Oh, well, she did, yeah.
1: Yeah, main female girl, she did, because Koji told her about that, his suspicions. She just straight up call, had him call her out and said, are you a traitor? I'm just going, um, I didn't expect her just to outright yeah. ask it, but <laughs> okay. He's like, that works.
0: <laughs> Susan A. Is her, fir- is her first name. Yes. I don't remember the name that she normally goes Suzuna. Suzuna, yeah. And so we can go by that for now. can
1: only assume this traitor all- hems all the from how she has a dislike for Suzuna, and Suzuna has a dislike for her. Weird. Yeah,
0: is that mutual hatred. Yeah. I, you know, we or- have we we you know this you know uh Kushida whatever she you know obviously she is the two-faced character but we haven't really seen that second side though. We see brief glimpses of it. Like it's it's very very light. I mean really like I feel like pretty much the initial introduction is the only time you really see it.
1: Well, there was a couple moments on the boat. Yeah. And sort of towards the end of the season 1 where she asked Ayano Koji between me and yeah, Suzune yeah. who would you choose before oh. he could answer. Well he did answer. And then before she got another question, they all showed up.
0: Yep. Yep. No, season two so far has been super uh, interesting. Just exploring further into Koji and like where he, you know, kind of how he approaches things because it's been dialed up a notch compared to what it was season one.
1: And him slowly getting his weird harem.
0: Yeah, he is. Yeah, that is true. He is getting that. But no, I mean, I've, I've been enjoying the watch. It's been pretty fun.
1: And you were so on the fence about it at first.
0: I would do. it took me three times to even make it through episode one.
1: It's a slight slow burn.
0: Yeah, like, I'm not joking, three times. Like, I watched it, I tried watching it once, got ten minutes in. Tried to watch the second time, picked back up from that point. It took I watched, like, three minutes, and I was done. And then finally the third time, I finally completed the first episode. <laughs> and then I was good from there. But, I mean, it's been a fun watch so far. I've enjoyed it. All right, Zach. How close are you to ending with Dragon Quest? I don't fucking know. Yeah, I'm not putting on the script in fall. Yes, you are. No, I'm not. It's getting on the script. I'm not putting it on there.
1: <laughs> it's too far,
0: man. I, I hope it finishes before fall, it's, it's going, not going
1: on the script. Two years of content is not going down the drain just because fall
0: decided this is when we're going to release everything. Everything, yeah. Kind of like what John says about games. Oh, you know how everything was coming out in 2020? No, we, we meant, meant October. October. Yeah. No. I'm not putting it on the script and fall. Two
1: years of content. I don't care if you're putting it on the script. It's getting talked about every episode. Well,
0: you better make that like a two-minute conversation. Fuck that. We have other things to talk about. I don't care. This is
1: two years of (laughs) content. That's seniority.
0: Fuck Dragon Quest. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, how was Dragon Quest?
1: So I forgot in the previous episode that it ended with Die and King Burn during their key blast towards each other. And uh, the episode starts with that conflict and die using his second fist to shoot a second key blast. And I'm saying key blast because I can't remember what the actual attacks were, so we're just going to go key blast.
0: That's a fair way to put it.
1: And uh, die obliterates King Burn. As far as we're concerned for the rest of the episode, he's gone. So he might be dead. We'll see. I don't think he is, but he might be dead. Which leaves the fact that there's still Mr. Vern fighting the B team and then Kilvern skulking about somewhere. Um. Die and Princess Leona have a moment and talk and all this fun stuff. And then they fill a rumble and it goes back down. So Mr. Vern finally released his form thing and shows his true form. He is, has a actually humanoid form and all this fun stuff. And the rest of the episode proceeds to talk everyone to talk about him and everything. And him literally just slap everybody about. And it's just everyone admiring how strong he is and want and he's literally just slapping everyone. There's a shot towards the end where the wall they're all sitting from has little dents in it from every single character. He has literally slapped <laughs> it to the wall for the episode. That's that's funny. Like I saw that I was like, that's hysterical. That's that's actually amazing. <laughs> I actually like that. It's so there's just big holes in the wall of just everyone he's just slapped. <laughs> and, and honestly, that was the main thing in the episode was Mr. Verne just slapping everyone about and them being like, my God, he's so powerful. And getting to the end of it where... And them trying to get a moment for Pop to use his big spell to harm Mr. Verne and everyone taking their attempt to stop him, to hold him so so Pop could use this spell, which leads to the slap fest that is the wall. Um, Only for the end of it to be... um. Poppy offhandly mentioned, you even used your refractor frisk, ma'am, and it didn't do anything to him. And Mr. Beast, who is literally just uh, the mouses and Ma'am's
0: Shout out to Mr. Beast, 100 million (laughs) subscribers.
1: uh, Ma'am and uh, Chew's master who tarped in martial arts. It's just him with a sheet over his head like he's a ghost. (laughs) And anytime everyone tries to address him as master, he's like, I'm Mr. Beast. I don't know this old man you're talking about. And he he just he's like, "Ma'am, you used to refactor fist and did nothing." He's like, "Yes, ma'am. I'm Mr. Beast right now."
0: <laughs>
1: oh, well, that means he's not alive. And they're just like, "Oh, it's like, and if he's not alive, I know how to stop him." All right, Pop, I'll get him to stop. Make sure you hit your spell. And every and he walks up and Mister's <laughs> like, "What fool is this now? Who's gonna step up to me?" And he's like, "Ha! You're not alive." The only way you're standing there is you use the suit, the secret magic spell of frozen time. How do you know that secret spell? Ah, what's the matter? (laughs) (laughs) Let's throw hands. (laughs) (laughs) Time to throw hands. Let's go. (laughs) And I was just like, this is a bullshit secret spell. (laughs) (laughs) And that's how the episode ended. And the preview was just of Mr. Vern and Mr. Beast throwing hands next episode, so
0: okay okay shout out to mr beast 100 million subscribers watch the special today shout out to that uh all right next up summertime rendering episode 16 so not a okay a lot of like info like context like stuff like that like you know a lot of good you know just general keeping the plot moving. development happened but nothing like over the top hype i mean we had back-to-back insanely hype episodes right So, it's only natural that, like, you know, this episode's kind of more on the chill side and, you know, just kind of keep the plot moving sort of thing. Uh, The main kind of takeaways from this episode is, like, we have the gang going to check out the the old, uh, like, facility again, right? Mm -hmm. Where, you know, owned by, you know, uh, Sal's parents and everything, and... Getting down to, like, the lab and stuff. Like, we have some stuff early on involving the Shadow Mio because they were going to corrupt her. They did corrupt her where Shadow Mio is on their side. But she still has almost, like, the same personality as Shadow Mio had before, right? Where she's super, like... Because Mio is very, like, energetic where Shadow Mio is very, like, mellow tone, right? And she still has that same sort of, like, personality even though she has been, like, kind of reconfigured to be on their side. So we have some shots at the beginning with like Shadow Mio just um, you know being <laughs> kind of kind of a kind of a dick, but in a funny way, right? Okay. Where it's like you know uh, you know they have like this mission planned out to go check out that you know facility, whatever. You know don't want to bring Mio along, obviously. So Shin asks you know Shadow Mio to protect Mio, and Shadow Mio is just like, is that in order? And Shin's like, I-, I wouldn't necessarily call it an order, but I mean, if you could, it'd be really nice. I mean, we would appreciate that, you know. And then uh, basically, Shadow Mio is just uh, like, like talking to Shin and completely outing the fact that Mio likes Shin. Where Shadow Mio is just like, have you ever bothered to notice how I've never called you Oni Chan, whatever? Like, you know, brother. You know, he always, she always calls him Shin Chan, and you know he's like, have you ever just bothered to notice that I've never addressed you that way? You know, just starting to out me on me. I was just like, all right, shut up. Let's get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, please stop moving <laughs> past this subject. Basically, basically. So we get over to the facility and everything, just kind of doing uh, some general, you know, looking around and stuff. Um, Also with that as well, with that, uh, the whole, like, you know, you know, do you like, because like it started when, Sh- when shadow me, was just like, hey, Shin, did you get a girlfriend over in Tokyo? And that's what started it. Okay. And Shin's just like, no, you know, no one could really understand my accent, which I am glad that's just openly addressed because when I started watching this show, I wasn't, since I'm not watching the official release, you know, I was curious if this is like just bad translation by someone doing it or the actual way they talk. Because like, instead of, I I think I've mentioned this before. Instead of like saying you and stuff like that, they'll say, yeah, or you're, you know, and like, gotcha. it's just like their act. It's like the island accent, which is such a nice touch that they have that in the anime that it is just the accent. So, Sin's just like, yeah, they, no no one ever understood my accent. So, no, you know, I, I was hoping it'd be like a win in Rome sort of thing, but no. <laughs> I appreciate little touches like that because, like, there's a series that I watched all while back Beck. Mm-hmm. which is a slice heard, of life. Yeah, yeah, I've heard of it.
1: It's a slice of life series. The whole, there's a whole aspect of it because it's a Japanese rock group and there's aspects of it where they're interacting with English people. So they have a nice touch to where they have the Japanese and they actually hired some people with some decent English voice acting to do the English parts. And there's miscommunication. Where if you watch the dub, it's just all in English, right? So it looks really weird. Oh, okay.
0: And I'd imagine summertime may be the same way. When if this gets an English release, English dub, yeah, I could see it being the same way. Because I mean, it is very apparent when you start watching it. Or
1: they just give him the hardest Southern accent
0: possible. No, please no, please no. That would be fantastic. Please no, no. But anyway, in that whole sequence as well, you know, Urshiro at this moment, she's currently his watch. because You know, it's one of the common transformations yeah. that she does. So she starts freaking out as well because there's an obvious thing between them. So it was just like a funny little moment between everyone. Anyway, back to the main plot point of here is that we're going to check out the facility and stuff. You know, Urshiro, you know, senses a shadow. They're all kind of stanced up, ready to throw down whatever. They turn, they see like the feet of a shadow, and then it kind of zip, zop, zoops away. Uh, They start kind of chasing it. They reach into a room that it went into. The room is kind of a dead end. There's nothing in this room, just an empty room walls, whatever, you know, Toiko was also with him at this point, you know, that sound sister who obviously was working with, uh, Heine in the shadows before she walks up to the far wall and the wall is like barely off the ground. She kind of reaches up underneath it, unlocks it. Wall goes up. It's actually a secret door. So obviously didn't know about this cause you know, you know, as we've already kind of discovered in, you know, the previous loops, you know, Sal had no idea about all the shit that his family had been doing this entire time. Yeah, No fucking clue that his dad's a fucking giant scumbag. Uh, which you also get to see that his dad's a giant scumbag in this episode. Because, you know, as we kind of get further, we find the shadow that they saw. It was the shadow that is their mother, you know, because it was confirmed that their mother had been dead this entire time. Yeah. And was a shadow this whole time. So that shadow is currently, like, choking out the dad, you know, and Sal's just like, oh, God, what do we do? Oh, No. So that, you know, they all try to kind of, you know, Shin's ready, getting ready to fire, you know, do his thing. And Shao's like, you can't do that. That's my mom. It's like, but she's a shadow. You know, it's a whole thing there, whatever. Uh, Urshiro steps up, you know, in super fast, you know, Sonic the Hedgehog mode, essentially. You, know, She's just very, very quick and uh, basically re you know, reprograms that shadow so she's not trying to now murder the dad. The dad has... Honestly, I don't know how the dad's alive. I really don't, because like she's like holding him up in the air, full blown like Michael Myers choking this dude out in one hand. And like you see the shot of where the, the hands around his throat as that happens, you just see like an unbelievable amount of blood just starts pouring. Like there's no way this dude's alive up front. There's no Probably fucking not. There's no chance. if he
1: is, he's a vegetable.
0: Yeah, exactly. Because I mean like I, I'm telling you, dude, the shot was just like just blood. Just coming down it like there's no way this dude's alive. You know
1: you keep saying if you're how- choking
0: him out to that point where there's that much blood, no chance this guy's alive.
1: You know you keep saying how she rewrites and recrops him. So now all I picture all the shadows
0: is death. Accurate, <laughs> accurate. Because <laughs> we also do get a little bit of a breakdown in that, and I, I don't. I'm a. I'm not going to give the breakdown completely accurately, but it's essentially like um, how shadows reproduce, right? Because, you know, Haini, she as being like the original one of this whole thing, she can basically create as many shadows as she wants. But then each shadow that they create, they can essentially only make like one child. Basically like murdering one person and creating their shadow. They can only do it once, essentially. So you do get a little bit of a breakdown (laughs) on how they kind of reproduce. So that was kind of a thing, I guess.
1: (laughs) All right, my children. Now you get one murder pass. Basically. Use it wisely. (laughs) Basically. Because otherwise you don't get
0: another one. Exactly. Uh, we also get to find out about immunities when it comes to becoming a shadow or not, because once they save the dad from the mom shadow, you know, there was a, a whole sequence between the two between them where he just like, you know, make a shadow out of me, you know, you know, to kind of prove something. Right. And they're unable to. And, they're, and the reason they break it down is because a shadow view has already been created and that shadow was killed. Therefore, another shadow cannot be created. That is, that is, that's how he essentially gains an immunity. Now, okay. now leading up to before that we had that conversation, you get to see how much like this guy is a scumbag essentially, because like, you know, the shadow Urshiro is there, you know um, you know, he's still in the mindset of working for the shadows, working for Heine, et cetera. Um, you know, Tokyo is there. So, you know, Tokyo has been working with him before obviously and stuff like that. And he basically tells Toiko to kill all these fucking people and she's not doing it. Uh, you know, Sawa has a gun pointing to his dad right now because his dad's like being fucking psychopath, but it's like super fucking close to him, whatever. And you, someone yells like, "Oh you no, know, Sawa, you're too close to the gun." The You know, the dad knocks the gun out of his hand, takes the gun himself, and shoots Tohiko. Shoots his, shoots his daughter. But that you know, that Tohiko that was down there with them the entire time happens to be the Shadow Mio, so everything's fine. Because the moment that it happened, that even I said out loud, I was like, "Oh fuck!" You know, because he just sh- killed his own daughter. Yeah. But then it just transformed into Shadow Mio, and Shadow Mio, you know, Mio kind of goes up and basically knocks him out of his hand, like you know, does whatever. And she's like, "Oh, did I surprise you?" And then it brings us to the shot of normal Mio and normal Toiko waiting in the truck while they're all doing this entire sequence. So that's <laughs> when that's when we got the whole thing where you know. um, the dad essentially still fully pledging his allegiance to, to Heine in this situation. And they're basically trying to talk him down where it's just like, no, he, Heine was going to betray you guys. Like no matter what, there was nothing that you can do about that. Like you guys are going to be fucked from the get go. Um, and once they kind of talk him down, yeah, you know, he's just like, I want to talk to Toeiko. Where's Toiko? Toiko comes in. They're all in the room. Now they're all talking about everything about just, um, you know, cause he's like, you know, trying to convince him that no, like, Heine is going to kind of fuck all of you over. Like he has, she has no intention on keeping you alive. Like you're all going to get fucked up front. Um, They end up finally, he's still really on the fence about it, but keep in mind at this point as well, the mom is now currently not under Heine's control there. And she's now like just kind of normal, right? Uh, It's a mix of like the mom and even Urshiro both convincing the dad to join their cause because he's under the, he's, he's dead ass determined that if he follows these orders, that they can be a big, happy family again. Cause the mom has been dead this entire time. Right. You know, and that's all he wants is his wife to still be alive. And, you know, they're trying to convince him. It's not, it's not how it's going to happen. Uh, Heine's going to fuck you over. And, you know, Shimpei's whole goal is to kill Heine. Uh, but then the, the dad, you know, the dad points out, but he's like, but if you do that, then I want you to know that your earth is going to disappear as well. Just like my wife. You know, the, basically, you know, Heine dies, all shadows die is, is the main mente- mindset here, right? Uh, Which he's not okay with that. You know, he wants his wife, and, you know, you know the wife is okay with dying in this situation because she's now coming to realization that she is a shadow. Urshro is convincing her, hey, you're a shadow. I know I seem completely normal, but hey, I, I died too. I'm a shadow right now, just like you are you know, getting her to come to terms with this. And she's basically convincing him. It's just like, hey, I'm okay to die. You know, if it can mean for a safe future for our kids, I'm okay with it. And the dad's just like, but without you, I have no purpose. It's like, yeah, you do. You have your kids. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> and, you know, even Urshiro is the same way, where she's like, yeah, you know what? Yeah, it's no big deal. If I die, I die. It's all good. I've already died once. Me being alive right now, that's just bonus life. It's all good. You know, if you know Urshiro's mindset is if I can, you know, Defeat, you know, Haini, whatever, and everyone has a peaceful future, it's worth it. You know, she's like, I already died once, it's all good, this is bonus life, I don't fucking care. Uh, they, you know, through extensive, you know, convincing, they convinced everyone over, you know, and the mom had a nice little moment, you know, talking to the two kids real quick, now that she's come to realize that she's dead, that she's thankful that she got to still see them grow up, even though she did die, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, then the doctor... You know, is now on their side. The dad's on their side, right? And he pulls out a a book of all of the patients they've ever had come through there and come through their little morgue area. They essentially have, um, because all of them have essentially been these meals over the years. Which included in there is Shinpei's parents. Shinpei has been under the impression the entire time his parents uh, died when their uh, when their boat sank. That was not the case. They just happened to stumble upon the cave. That Heine's, uh, that Heine was at, and they were murdered, and it was set up to be a accident. So that was also find, found out in this situation. Uh, you know, Shimpei also asked if you know he knew the a- the actual identity to uh, Shibby, which is Forearms, um, and he did. Apparently, Forearms its original identity was the first founder of that medical facility where Heine was that we got to see in the flashback episodes, and that is where the episode ended. So, just a lot of setup stuff.
1: So, he's still going to portray him, right?
0: I feel like it's possible. I, I don't know. It was a pretty emotional scene between them. So, I don't know. We'll see. I think it's still possible. I don't know. He's revealing a lot of information to him now. So, maybe not. Maybe not. We'll see. Anyway, it was good. It was good. Good episode. Favorite episode of the week? Overlord. Um, I'll give it to course Recoil. I really liked uh, like the plot points that we're developing with the whole no heart thing. That was very intriguing to me, and I'm looking forward to seeing where we go with it. All right, we'll jump into manga ratings and wrap this show up ever so beautifully. Uh, all right, One Piece, one thousand fifty-five. I feel like I'm gonna have a controversial take here. I'm gonna give it like a five. I did, I haven't, did not care for this chapter at all. There were aspects about that, that were good, but my big beef. For any One Piece fans listening, is that I'm really personally annoyed that you finally introduce this character that you had teased previously, like in a character that in theory is supposed to be super super strong, and you made him look like a complete bitch. And I understand completely that it's also to like hype up another character who's like obviously super fucking strong, like a character that we already know and it's well established character. You know, I fully get that. But it's just like, if you want to just hype up that other character, I feel like there could have been a different way to do it than introducing this character that you've teased so many times and made him look like a complete fucking bitch. I personally wasn't a big fan of that. But from what the leaks that I've read for the next chapter, next chapter is going to be pretty fucking solid. I just didn't personally care for this one. That's me, though. Uh, My Hero three sixty one. Hey. Mm, I'm going to give it an 8, but I'm going to go ahead and say it right now. next chapter is going to be a 10 for me. I'll go ahead and say it right now, just from like three single shots stuff I've seen. Uh, Black Clover has returned now in its final arc, uh, chapter 332. Uh, not a lot happened, but again, Black Clover is back. That's the I don't know that... what you're talking about.
1: We got the pivotal moment we've been waiting for since chapter 1.
0: Okay, now that is fair. That That is fair. That is fair we did. Yep. With Asta. Yep. You're... Asta got brother-zoned. He did get brother zoned, as we always knew he would.
1: It was a great build-up, though.
0: It was, yeah. We're just like, oh, Austin's going to confess his love. What to who?
1: <laughs> B <laughs> me? me? Who? <laughs> no, to the sister. And then we just had that nice moment with Neo going, "This is fun."
0: Yeah, yeah. She was. <laughs> uh, I loved her in this chapter. She was having a blast. I'd give the chapter. I give the cha- the return chapter. Uh, I give it an eight. I give it an eight as well. JJK one ninety two. Still have not caught up on.
1: Mm, I'm gonna be honest. We're getting to the point where I don't know what the fuck's going on again. Makes sense? Uh
0: seven. Okay. Uh Midship Score family one forty. I'm gonna give this one a nine. It was a lot of interaction between uh Corchero and the like the uh, the head guy of the spy association who, you know, they're they're like best friends and everything. And uh, it was it was just very funny. It was very funny because like they uh you know they're trying to They're trying to get all of these, uh, basically these creatures that have been planted all throughout the Spy Association that are just bombs waiting to happen that the, the, you know, the father, you know, father of Yosecora put in there, right? So they've come down to the library trying to hunt these down and they find a book, a book that uh, they've both read. They're both massive fans of the book, but they both perceive the ending in two very different ways. So like throughout this whole chapter, they're like arguing about the ending where Koichiro is just like, no, she got in her car, went here, blah blah, to confess her love to her true lover. It's a happy ending, and he and then, you know the, the other guy's just like, no, if you actually paid attention to it, she did this, this, and this, where she basically killed herself off a cliff. It's a tragic ending. So it was just like a funny like interaction between the two of them, where even where we get it got time to get serious, right? And you get to see the the boss of the spy association do some serious work because he's more like the stealthy type. Because uh, Corchero was ready just to get fucking unleashed, right? He was like, all right, whatever. Let's fucking knock these out all real quick. And he's like, calm down. This is a very important library. Just let me handle this. I'm stealthy. You're not. Chill. While I'm doing this, why don't you go read that book again and figure out that I'm right and you're wrong? Go and does this thing, whatever, comes back. And it's just like, you know, he, you know, Corchero's holding the book. He's like, it doesn't matter how many times I read this book. I will always come to the, conc- the correct conclusion that is mine. So it was just a funny uh, interaction between the two of them. I really enjoyed it. Uh, Undead Luck, 121. Uh, I'd give this one an 8. Mashal, 118. I give it a 7, personally. I give it a 6. Sakamoto Days, 81. give it a 9. I give it a 9. The only thing I'm learning from Sakamoto Days is don't fuck with old people. Yep, don't fuck with old people. True. Uh, Alu Samurai was on a break this week. Uh, Blue Box, 63.
1: Okay, so Hina's in the lead, man.
0: Hina's not in the lead.
1: Hina is in a prime position to make out with RMC... On stage, in front of
0: people. She's not in the lead.
1: As it stands... I already know where this is going to end, but if this stands, she is in the lead. Seeing not as she's going to get a kiss, and um, main heroine hasn't even gotten that point yet.
0: She's not in the lead in our MC's heart. That's all that matters.
1: Eh, he's been leaning that way a little. Eh, not in the lead. He can't get her out of the head of the shot of her just laying on that desk.
0: Now, that is true he can't, but she's still not in the lead. I'll give it a chapter and eight. I'll give it a nine. P6, 43. I give it an 8. can Ibadashi, 24. 8. Chainsaw Man, 101. <laughs> you should kill her. What? Why would I do that? You can make a weapon out of her. She'd be really strong. You <laughs> like her. It'd be more. you you feel guilty about it. It makes it more powerful.
1: <laughs> Talk about devil on your shoulder, man. I know. Uh, I'll give... <laughs> I'll give it an eight. I'll give it eight as well. You should back up slowly.
0: I said slowly. Yep, <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh kaiju number eight, chapter sixty-eight. Nine. Uh I give it a nine as well. And Kaju number eight will be on a break for the next month. Oof. Yep. Uh Took Avengers, two sixty-four. I'll give it an eight. I give it an eight as well. Uh Run a girlfriend, two forty six. And what happened in two forty six? I know I read it. I know for a fact I read it. Oh, I try to remember. I uh, will give it an eight decent chapter eden zero 202 now that one i did i forgot to read i just realized that i meant Mm, to read
1: today i'll give it a seven
0: also forgot to read seven deadly my fault uh unordinary 270 seven seven uh true beauty 217 uh oh man lots of stuff happening right now in this series Lots of stuff happening because we're at that big pivotal moment of her secret being out to the world. You know, uh, I'd give this one probably a nine or a ten. This was a very good chapter. There was a lot of lot of interesting things about this, and the chapter leaves you on a big big cliffhanger. So nine or ten. Uh, week Hero Two Hundred One.
1: I'll give it a seven.
0: I'll give it a 7 as well. I will say it's interesting that we're seeing how Jimmy got into the Union, essentially. Yes. But I still have no connection to this backstory. <laughs> I just I just don't. So this, these past few chapters have been kind of boring for me, personally. uh Seed, 180.
1: What happened to 180?
0: That's a good question.
1: I want to say 8, but I don't remember entirely what happened.
0: Okay. Uh, let's play 173. I'd give this one... Probably a nine as well. Uh, this was a big um, Sam and Marshall episode, and you know, just them like being friends and shit, right? And I'm I, I've been on this ship since day one because like. First and foremost, it's very clear from day one that's going to be the ending ship. You know what I mean? Like, that's very, very clear just from how the series is, is created, you know? And plus, not to mention the fucking cover art of the damn series. I mean, like, it's very clear. So I've been on this ship from the get-go. I've enjoyed it a lot. This is a big, you know, friendship bonding episode between the two of them. So I enjoyed that. Uh, Sub-Zero, 147, that came out last week. That was the mid-season finale, so I figured I'd rate it this week. I did not read it last week. My fault. Gotcha. Uh, I give it a nine. Very, very, very good. Uh, a huge moment that we've been waiting for with Clove for a long time. Looks like it's finally happened of her being able to access um, her, her dragon abilities. So it's going to be it's gonna be very interesting what happens when the midseason comes back. Uh, down to Earth 107. Damn, what happened in 107? Was this the photo shoot? Oh, this was. Yeah, this is the photo shoot. Photo shoot chapter. Uh, I'd give this one probably a 7 uh, Pseudo Armor, 75 Very interesting point where we are right now With Pseudo Armor um, I'd probably give this one a 7 as well Major Demon Queen is on a break at the time being Reunion, 25 I'd probably just give this one a 6 Nothing super interesting in my opinion um, Immortal Weakling, Chapter 8 uh, I would probably give this one Probably an 8, pretty solid chapter Favorite chapter of the week Sakamoto I would say true beauty. I'm telling you man with where we are right now with, you know this is such, this is a huge moment for this series. You know I, every like right now I'm on the edge of my seat like I, Actually, I need I the take next mine chapter.
1: Back. I say Akonai Banashi ah, cuz it's setting okay. up something very nice. There you go. There you go.
0: Yeah, true beauty man. This it, it's on a it's on a different level right now. It is on a completely different level. So I mean, this is the moment we've waited for since literally chapter 1 is her secret being revealed to the world of what her actual face looks like. Uh, and you know what? I Actually, I'll just go ahead and hammer a 10 for that chapter because I just remembered something else about this chapter that was just, like, done so well of where, like, she leaves. Like, because the last chapter ended with her at her agency, right? And then in this chapter, you see just, like, how mentally, like, psychotic her her, like, main agent is where, you know, her main agent was the one that tipped off people about her true identity, but then, you know, you know, uh, she's just like, you know, I wasn't ready for that. Like I was scared. I was, I didn't want to do that. But then, you know, her, her, you know, agent was just like, yeah, but look at all the numbers that you're getting. You're so popular. You know, this, now, you, now you have a great sob story that you were bullied and this and that and this and that. Like she's a complete bitch, you know, show, you know, main character who I, again, will never even attempt to pronounce her name. Uh, you know, she's leaving and walking through the crowd. She's currently in makeup, right? But she's like in a mindset where she thinks everyone's talking about her, like whispering. But no, but no one actually is. But then after that, bro, was such an awesome shot of where it, she's like in her head, and across from her is her non-makeup version, and the and the two of them are talking to each other. Where it's like the you know her real her normal version is just like yeah, but you hated me. You tried to hide me. You didn't try to accept me. You didn't try to accept me one time. And you know the makeup version is just like, yes, I did. I tried to. It's like, oh, yeah, really? No, no, you didn't. You just try to kept push me further and further down. You were trying to hide me at every every turn. So it was a nice inner conflict uh, that she was having. So I, I'll give the chapter a 10, honestly. That was very, very well done. I really enjoyed that. Uh, with all that said, I think that's it for the show. I think we got everything. Sounds about right. So I'll hit the music. And we can work our way out here then like
1: comment subscribe rate whatever your platform allows it does help if you're watching this on youtube you can hit that subscribe button to help us build our community here and also hit that bell to notify you when any video goes up thank you very much bye
0: do everything that he said and more uh including checking us at our website sparky3.com you sign up for free or sign up five bucks a month we definitely appreciate that check out some rogue energy promo code sparky favorite 10 off use the referral link down below we definitely appreciate that as well as well as join the discord check out the merch store which does have a promo code the famed promo code TechProbs with a Z is back. So we got a TechProb kicking off a terrible football show live. 25% off everything in the merch store right now. Follow us over at Twitter, at Animan Podcast. Check out the other shows like Static Terrible Football Show, which, of course, has gone live. Top movie stuff and Spark Park. With that said, until next time, guys, have a good one. See you next week.